Welcome back, Captain. Have you located Valdak's position? Not yet, but our sensors are scanning every star system between here and Valatron's. So your answer is no. I'm afraid so, sir. You are pathetic, Walt. What are you? What's that? So, Valdak's out there, somewhere, and you village idiots are asleep at the wheel. You're not just disgraceful, you're disgusting, all of you. So, can you do one thing? Can you find Valdak? I'm not asking, I'm telling you. Understand? Yes? Yes. 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 I can do Huh? Well, all right. So ask a check security protocols. If they've expired, you're in trouble. Yes, Captain. Donnie, recheck those probe results. No room for errors. Of course, Captain. Helmsman Packer. Captain. Vanilla latte. Skim. Milk at once. Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And I'm Jason. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Black Mirror. Today we'll be covering the what? (laughs) (laughs) Today we'll be covering the first episode from Black Mirror season four, titled USS Callister. And if you haven't already noticed, we have a special guest with us today. I'm super excited about. We have Jason from the Walking Dead cast. Hey, Jason. I'm honored. I'm like the first um, non Sean Rima person on the podcast, right? That's true. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Welcome wow. aboard the USS Sean and Rima. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I have a VIP ticket, so just watch yeah. what you I'll say because Rima will shoot a fireball at you. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> a green one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm I'm really stoked to be on, and uh, I think that you guys have been doing really great. So I'm going to try not to mess up the chemistry. Yeah, please don't. Okay. <laughs> you can Sean's a good editor, so <laughs> So tell us a little bit about like yourself or pimp yourself okay. or podcast. Okay, I think uh, maybe some people already know who I am because they came on board from other podcasts. But for people who don't know who the hell I am, um, we have a podcast network called Podcastica that Sean and Rima mention all the time. And uh, the first podcast in that was Walking Deadcast, which I'm a host of. And I've had a lot of fun hosting for seven and a half years now. And uh, we have a bunch of other cool podcasts over there. And Strange Indeed started up and just shot up to the top. I mean, they you guys just rocked it. So I'm like 
so like proud of what you guys have done. And uh, I've, you asked me like what what's going on new. We just I, we're just about to start a Westworld podcast. So um, my friend and co-host David and I recorded our first episode the other night, and I need to get that out. I have to figure out the podcast art, but it was really fun recording it. So we're going to cover season one of Westworld from the perspective of someone who's already seen it. And then we're going to jump in on season two once that starts up in the spring. So that's what's going on with me. Do you have a title for that yet? I was thinking of calling it Westworld cast. Okay. I like it. <laughs> Cause you know, we, we do, we do walking dead cast and I have uh, evil dead cast for Ash for evil dead. And we do have game of microphones. So that's kind of a creative play like what you guys did, but um, for the searching, you know, to try and get, cause there's about 47 Westworld podcasts oh, right wow. now. So I know. So um, I'm just trying to make it easy to find. You should put the best Westworld cast. I, <laughs> I think should. that's what will yes. get people in. I like it. <laughs> what yeah. if I put the worst? Oh, yeah, that? good point. That might, yeah, it's like, oh, I got to listen to this yeah. train wreck. <laughs> yeah, what's so bad about it? <laughs> exactly. I'd, I'd listen. But, I will you know. consider that. <laughs> 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 I like it. I'm super excited for it. I love Westworld, so um, I'm, I'm super yeah. excited to listen to that one. And I need a podcast for it because that's such a layered, dense show. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And, Dave, and me and David, after we were done recording, he's like, was that too intellectual? And I'm like, well, I think people really want us to dive into all that, you know, the depths of what, what it's all about. Yeah. And I also want to say, I mean, if I, I'm totally jealous of you guys, because if I was going to do, if I had any more bandwidth to do another podcast, Black Mirror is what I would do. It's one of my favorite shows that's on right now. I, I love it so much. Well, that's why we're so excited to have you with us today. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jason, for joining us. I'm super excited to uh, start talking about it. Are we ready to jump into our top three for this episode? I'm ready. Awesome. All right, Jason, why don't you kick us off? Okay. um, I thought this episode was was awesome. And uh, like I said, I love Black Mirror. And uh, I think some episodes are a little better than others, but I'm glad they started off season four with with a really fun, good, I mean, worked on all different levels and lots to talk about. So my number three is um, twists and shifts because this episode makes you think something's going on and then it shifts on you a few times. And also the characters tend to shift around. You think you know somebody and then you see a new a new side of them. And what I really like is that uh, it's not like, uh, what? That's not how that person is supposed to be. It's more like, oh yeah, I I recognize that people have different sides of them that come out in different situations, and we get to really see the extremes of that. But but uh, they still seem like real, uh, believable people, which I loved. So Robert Daly, he's the main guy. Uh, you know, the first thing you see on the screen is Robert Daly, played by Jesse Plemons, coming out as this captain of the starship, and. Where do you guys think of him when you see Jesse Plemons? What other character do you first pop into your head? Oh, it's Todd. Uh, Todd from Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking you, he reminds me a lot of uh, it's the guy from um, shit. I should have wrote this down. He's from the Hunger Games. He just recently passed away. Oh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. He looks like a he young does, Philip huh? Seymour Hoffman to it's me. Like his son. Yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking, no characters that he's played because to me. 
I, I expected people would say Todd, and he's a psychopath, not to spoil anything. Um, but also he played uh, Landry from Friday Night Lights. Who Friday Night Lights. Yeah, and he's the opposite of Todd. He's really um, just the best, nicest, coolest guy ever. And so I'm like, okay, is he going to be more like a Todd or like a Landry? And and then as, as the um, episode went along, I was like, oh, he's awkward and he's lovable and he's, you know, just trying to play out his fantasies. He's a Landry. And then all of a sudden, oh, nope, he's a Todd. <laughs> <laughs> he's a fucking psycho. <laughs> so uh, that was pretty cool the way they made you um, think he was a starship captain and then uh, twisted it to being the socially awkward guy who should be respected but isn't. And then you feel sorry for him and you see that sweet scene with him and Nanette and think um, oh, what a, that his boss is a bastard for stealing her away. And then all of a sudden when he comes back to the ship, he's being a jerk and ordering everybody around. And then it gets like incredibly dark to the point where he's mutating them and throwing the guy's son out the airlock. So it's just all over the map with that guy. Well, even before <laughs> that point, what's all, like, so, you know, you see the very first scene with him being like the, the starship and you're like, okay, he's filling out this fantasy. But then when he comes back after that interaction with his boss, he, you know, he, he's doing exactly what his boss did to him to an extent. And you feel like, okay, he's just, yeah. you know, he's getting out his frustrations, revenge. revenge. Mm-hmm. And then, he, and at this point you just think these are like computer, uh, like AI, like not even AI, just computer NPCs. And as he does this whole thing, he puts his feet on his boss in this this world, and he says, exit game, like he's like almost upset with himself that he took it that far. Because we haven't mm-hmm. been exposed to the whole like thing with the, uh, Tommy, the kid, yet. So you think, like, yeah. oh, okay, so like this thing he built for fun to you know, kind of be his escape, you know, he let the real world get into it. But then you find out with another twist towards the end that, no, he's, he's a real dick at, you know, all together in this game. And what's even worse right. is these people don't have like they're actual people in this game. It's functioning AI that feels and it, you know has this pain and emotion, and he completely exploits it. I mean, when you think about it to the fullest extent, uh, it's still potentially, at least debatably, a gray area because it's like Westworld, actually. You know um, that you know I've played. Have you ever played Grand Theft Auto? Oh, I played all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, Love it. yeah. And of course, there. I mean, I, I feel a little uncomfortable about it, but I've definitely run over crowds of people just for fun. Punch <laughs> people in the face and steal their car. <laughs> I've driven yeah. down some sketchy roads and honked my horns at some ladies that come into the car. <laughs> and and so um, you know, you think. I mean, I've killed thousands of people in video games, and this is uh, you know, I guess you could say. Well, no, that doesn't equate here because the technology is so advanced that it's obvious that these people have feelings and emotions and so they should be treated differently and i you know i could definitely say yeah i guess that's a that's a totally valid argument but still it's worth at least thinking about you know like uh he's in his fantasy world maybe he's actually exercising his demons in a way that will prevent him from being this way in the real world which is could be seen as a good thing you know right he's not you know going postal on anyone and you know taking it out on like going into the office and 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 doing something like in real life he's taking it out his aggression out in this vr world and you know and you know and i and i've kind of had the same conflict i'm like well he's kind of doing it and i guess what you consider a safe space but like you pointed out the characters in the game they're they're like self-aware and yeah. intelligent and it's like it's not like really a safe place and it doesn't 
And yeah, yeah, like I said, it's just really gray. I think if I was in a, if it was in a court, I would come down on the side of he's a dick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause like you see, you see the whole twist and turn. Like when, when at first you see these people that are like people in his office, like you think maybe he just programmed them on his own, which is creepy. But then he mm-hmm. has to like get their DNA, which, you know, is a step like towards the serial killer yes. side of it. Yeah. But it's, I think that's the creepiest thing he did in the real world. Yeah. I'd I mean, agree. he stares at people. That's kind of creepy, but otherwise he's just kind of lovably socially awkward. But getting the DNA is the creep is definitely creepy. But I mean, like, yeah. you're talking about Grand Theft Auto. So, like, if you knew that, like, whenever you turn that game off, all those NPCs, like, are self aware characters, I mean, would you change how you play? I mean, it's, uh, I don't know if I would because, like, well, I mean, they're kind of self aware, but it's just a video game. Like, it's just on my PlayStation. They're not real things. It's just super smart AI. You're a psycho, Sean. <laughs> psycho. <laughs> well, I got to get all the money in the game. <laughs> I got to get off. <laughs> Uh, uh, if I thought the characters were self-aware, I, I, uh, I think I'd play different. I wouldn't, I don't know, but it's hard to tell for sure. I mean, I have PlayStation VR, so if, especially if I was in that and some, you know, if I could decide whether somebody lived or died and I thought they were actually self-aware. Yeah. I think if you were like fully immersed in it, like, cause I, the, the weird thing is when, uh, Nanette first gets there, like he's basically like, Hey, you know, it's. It's just a lot easier if you play along. Like that's essentially like somebody. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, it's uh, it's like a, a kid in a sandbox. Like, listen, you can play in my sandbox, but you have to follow my rules. <laughs> right. That was another shift. Uh, was when um, it became clear that the people in the VR world knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. Because at first you just think that they don't know and then and then as soon as he pauses the game and they all kind of relax and or they tell her what's up you know they know everything i guess todd has bragged about how he got their dna or something and that was an interesting twist Mm -hmm. um and then let's see i i just got a so the character wise uh nanette she's the main woman she i like how we get to see two different sides of her because she comes in just kind of at a new job so you're kind of quiet when you come to a new job and She's very uh, reverential towards Robert fawning and mm-hmm. fangirling, as she calls it. Yeah, and then later, I mean, almost immediately when she wakes up in the VR world and she's in this emergency situation, she shifts into her probably, I would say, more her real self. She's rebellious and just like I'm not going to fucking accept this. Sarcastic and mocking him, and becomes very powerful. And I thought it was awesome that she basically became captain. So essentially, yeah, kind of from this, yeah, one extreme to the other. Uh, and then let Jimmy Simpson is uh, Walker, is that his name? No, uh, Walton, Walton, Walton. He, you think he's the bad guy, but he's he's a player, but he's uh, he turned out to be a really you know self sacrificing, honorable guy. So I thought that was a cool shift. So just uh, I like the how this episode kept you on your toes by changing what you thought you knew the whole time and partway through i was actually wondering if the ship world was going to turn out to be the real world somehow Mm. like everybody's bored in this like futuristic world that they have to play office (laughs) yeah something like that yeah yeah all right time to download the new office politics (laughs) i mean have you ever played the sims (laughs) 
Well, yeah, I guess that's true. Oh. <laughs> One time I was playing The Sims and I'm playing and I'm just telling my little guy to play a video game on his computer <laughs> and he's playing The Sims on his computer and then it made me want to kind of look over my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Not right. <laughs> so that's my number three. Good number three. Well, why don't we just keep up with um, the boys' night here, and Sean, why don't you go ahead with your number three? All right. uh, Mine kind of ties into a little bit of what we talked about, but I've titled it, Where Does Humanity End and Gaming Begin? Hmm. So like you were mentioning, Jason, like when you play Grand Theft Auto, like you're running – I do the same thing. Like I'm running over people. I'm shooting people. I'm doing all kinds of crazy things. Uh, But to me, that's that's a video game. Like I don't know if these people are self-aware – you know, they're not human beings like, you know, I guess it, and the question is like, what does it mean to be human? You know, we talk about things like uh, Westworld where, you know, there's these android type characters and they start becoming self-aware and start having dreams and like almost like they have, you know, humanity. And you just have to wonder, you know, I mean, the, the weird thing, too, I thought about this. So in this in this world and on the USS Callister, Robert Daly, before he even brought a lot of these other people on, he steals a sucker from a kid in real life brings him on the game and makes his boss in the game watch the kid get sucked out of the airlock. Now, you look at games like Grand Theft Auto, there's no kids in that game. You look at things like uh, um, Fallout 4. I think there was like a kid sanctuary where the game was built where you can't kill kids. But this is a place where like he was able to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, you, you, you say things like today, but like how many people in Fallout 4 went to that place with all those kids that had their own little like rebellion area like i will see if i can shoot a kid and then you can't and so it's like they had to build that in because a lot of people's first instincts was like hey look all these kids which is creepy in its own but i mean that's what games are for like people do stupid stuff i mean you know when i was a kid and video games first came out i had pong when i was six years old and then pac-man and donkey kong and everything I, I, what if I, I, I think about what if I could just take somebody from that era, say a teenager or a 20 year old and just bring them forward into our time. Look what video games are now. And it's fucking ripping people's heads off. Oh, and yeah. Literally, you know, chainsawing Resident Evil and all this. They'd be like, whoa, our society has gotten really dark. <laughs> but I, don't get me wrong. I love these games. I'm, I mean, it's just interesting how we've sort of gotten desensitized to how real and violent they become. Well, that's the thing is they get so real, like more and more real. And like in this world, like it's essentially is real life. Like you put something on your noggin and it, you know, shoots stuff into your brain and like you're there, you're in these worlds. And uh, I mean, even love like the interaction at the very end when, you know, there's a guy who's in real life and these characters are still like in this, you know, actual infinity game. And, you know, he's like, are we going to fucking trade or what? You know, there's like, there's like no humanity there at all. Like he's still like, oh, this is just another, you know, character in this game. That if they don't give me goods or whatever, they don't get out of here in 10 seconds, I'm going to blow their shit up. I mean, that reminds me of when I... Do you ever play Diablo? Uh, I've played like Diablo 2 way back in the day. So, I, you know, that's mostly... You play as a single player through this campaign, but then it's like uh, medieval and devil things and you go around killing demons. And uh, I just, I wanted to play online because you could play with other people. And I'm like, I, I got to try this out. I'm kind of nervous. Like, I don't really know what I'm doing. What if I mess up? So anyway, I'm like, okay, here I go. I go online. I see another person there. He's like, hey, dude, uh, t- chatting, typing. You want to go in the dungeon and, and get some treasure? And I'm like, sure. And we go in the dungeon and I'm dead immediately. And he's like, haha. And he steals all my stuff because he had some <laughs> hack or something. Jeez. 
<laughs> and I felt like shit. I was like, asshole. That was my first experience with the online world. But that's just the way it is. Yeah, online games are, and you know, you think about a world where, like, t- today I feel bad when I get shot by like a 12 year old kid, like in Call of Duty. <laughs> or, you know, I played Grand Theft Auto online for like 10 minutes because. So Grand Theft Auto Online, they have this awesome online thing. And I'm like, God, I wish I was in high school or college again where all I could do is play this. It's like The Sims, but with Grand Theft Auto. And I get in the game. I'm like, oh, I know where the gun shop is. So I'm running to the gun shop. I go in. I buy some guns. I walk out. Right as I get to the sidewalk, bang, somebody comes up and shoots me. One shot dead. And, like, you know, it's like a 15, 16-year-old kid who that's all he does all day is play games, you know, camping out, waiting for people like me. Twitch reflex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like how bad would it feel like if you're in the actual game, like physically feel like you're in this game and you know, some dude comes up and blows up your ship. Yeah. That's why I don't, um, resident evil seven is one of the scariest real games I've ever played. And there's a VR version oh, and I'm no, like, I thank don't you. think I can handle it. Yeah. It's too much. I'm going to have a heart attack, but would you guys do this game in this, uh, in this episode? Like Rima, would you try it out? Um, yeah, I mean, I would totally love to be fully immersed in a VR game like that. Now, I, I'm not saying I would do like he would and completely vent all of my frustrations on either my <laughs> life or my work life um, the right. way that he does. But I think it would be really cool to to experience something like that. It reminds me of like the holodeck on Star Trek. And, and that's always fascinated me. So, yeah, I would totally do that. So you wouldn't have like a room full of naked Brad Pitts or anything? <laughs> Well, they, they'd have no penises, no. so. <laughs> no, they'd have no penis. <laughs> I don't think every world has to be that pure. <laughs> nope. I, I kind of like what Nanette did. I would just want to be the boss. I want to be the captain. Yeah, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah I, would, I wouldn't be able to resist. I, w- I would definitely want to try it out. Oh, yeah, it'd be pretty sweet. I, I think if we ever get, like, you think VR now, like, I feel like, Whenever I play video games for a long time, sometimes like when I'm driving, I'm like, oh shit, I got to remember I'm not in a video game. Like I'm in real life. Not that I feel yeah, like I need Especially to... after you play Grand Theft Auto for a while, you just want to ride up on the curb, <laughs> and smash like, into a pole or something. Damn it, these people are taking too long. It's not <laughs> yeah, quite that I do bad. that anyway. I don't need Grand Theft Auto. I, I do that anyway. <laughs> this is like road rage all the time. That's <laughs> how I used to drive to work all the time when I still had a commute. <laughs> Smashing into people. Get out of my way. I got five minutes to get to work. <laughs> I wish you could do that. We need like an all bumper car town. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> And I'd win. All the people just walk around those big bubble balls that they could bounce off each other. Yeah. And then just be angry and not hurt anybody. <laughs> right. Just bounce them off the road. Get out of my way. <laughs> but yeah, that was just my That's number three awesome. is kind of like, where does humanity end and the gaming begin? I like it. That's a good number three. You guys are doing so good. I'm going to suck at this really bad um, on this show. Um Okay, so I'll jump into mine number three, and mine was kind of covered, you guys covered it quite a lot already, so I'll just kind of hit some of my points, and it was mainly about daily. Um, It just really interested me, like, I I don't need it, but it always interests me, like, what led up to to the position that he was in as far as like not having the respect of the people that report to him. I mean, he's like the one of the co-founders of this company and, you know, he's someone that should be respected in his workplace, whether you like him or not. Um, I mean, I get that he's a total douche and his, you know, um, staff have like figured that out, but you know, it just makes me wonder, is it just cause he's like a milk toast and he just 
like as a doormat and lets people run over him. I mean, because even the the girl up front, um, the girl that's Tonight, in, oh oh yeah, um, Elena, like, I think. Okay, the yeah. receptionist, so yeah. yeah, the receptionist who lets people in and out of the door, like she just is so completely dismissive of him. Like you don't even know whenever he comes off of that elevator and he goes up there and he's like his like little scan thing, his little fob doesn't work, and he's having to ask her to get him through, and she's kind of like, yeah. really, you know, I'm on my phone. Do you, can you not like bother <laughs> me? So you think he's just any other worker? He's he's apologizing for himself with his uh, physicality all the time, even though yeah. he should be a commanding boss that fucking started this company and gave, you know, without him, it wouldn't exist. Exactly. And, and yeah, I mean, it really wouldn't because he is the brains behind it. He's the one that built this whole, uh, this infinity that, that they're in and that he's, you know, um, immerses himself. in. so, I mean, you know, he, I don't know. I just really was interested um, in the cause of that. I know we don't find that out and I'm, I'm okay with that, but I was really curious about it. Um, I really, you know, I think he was a truly brilliant character um, as far as what he could and couldn't do. I know he got kind of fooled in the end, um, but I really liked the whole twist because I like how they made him out to where he was like a sympathetic character. Um, and you kind of felt bad for him and thought, man, his, the people he works with are real assholes or the people that work for him are real assholes. And then, like you said, you know, before that, um, you know, you find out that he's actually the asshole and, um, you know, that's, I really like that twist. And when you find that out during, uh, that whole simulation that he was in, whenever he chokes Walton, um, you know, and that's when you kind of find out like, oh, he's not such a nice guy. And you kind of start to see, um, the other side of him. And especially when you find out what he did to Walton's son, um, with the airlock, I mean, geez, talk about twisted and sick, Mm -hmm. but really great. So those were just a couple of my points that you guys hadn't hit on yet. I thought it was really great. He he thought he was really interesting character and I'd love the twist. I love how I felt bad for him at first and then thought, Oh no, he's a psycho. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When Shania said, Oh, you need to give him a wide berth. And I'm like, Oh, what a, what a bitch. And then, uh, later I'm like, Nope, she was right. She knew. She, she could see he was a creepy guy, but I, I do have some sympathy for him um, because, you know, there's been times in my life where I haven't been assertive enough or I've been afraid to say what I really want or, um, you know, let, I let people take advantage and uh, I know how that is. And I think I learned at some point that it's better for everyone if you don't do that, if you're more, you know, you, you, uh, stand your ground but you have to do it with balance like if you go too far then you're an asshole in a whole other way (laughs) (laughs) so awesome Mm -hmm. yep that's my number three so jason what's your number two i guess it overall apps a little but it's the the power fantasy slash psychology of this episode for one thing i feel like the whole concept of this game it, 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 it reflects this kind of a juvenile power fantasy that's at the core of a lot of pop culture that that we love that I love and, you know there's superhero movies all over the place there's comic books um, even going back to the original Star Trek and even before that it's just uh, a lot of like uh, I feel like the reason why we like this stuff is because we want to imagine what it would be like if we were super powerful and uh, Robert Daly gets to do that in such a practically a literal way. And, and yeah. And then he's such a tortured guy that he um, 
and takes advantage of it to uh, take revenge. And I thought it was kind of funny when uh, they said why, what what they did oh, to get yeah. you know pulled in yeah. there. Shania says uh, she called him out for staring. Udani says he reset the admin permissions on a test build to 14 minutes. <laughs> Which I don't know what that means, but <laughs> Elena says insufficient smiling. <laughs> and I think she's probably Russian. I don't know, but um, that's what it I got. Sounds like yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I worked with a Russian company and they were very matter of fact, no bullshit. I'm not going to pretend, you know, they just uh, appreciate, um, genuineness which you i came to appreciate but at first it can be a little jarring uh packer he said he brought him the wrong sandwich so <laughs> well like this what, is packer, what happens when, when he was asking he's like am i still in like what am i there now like am i part of the company he's like you're still the intern i'm still the, the intern, intern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like that he's like yeah am i thin yeah. and they're all like wondering what's happening in the real in the real world so anyway this is what happens when some guy who is a victim in the real world has ultimate power and no culpability or consequences and gets to do whatever you want. There was, do you guys, I don't know if you saw the twilight zone movie that came out, I think it was in the eighties and there was one episode with the little kid who had, Oh was Omnipotent. And so his family was just fucking terrified of him and tried to placate him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It reminded me of that. I love that twilight zone movie. Yeah. I can't wait to see the Twilight Zone uh, show that's coming out. I hope it's good. With I think it's um, Jordan Peele behind it. Yeah, I think I think that'll be really good. And um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. We have Black Mirror, so that's true. Really Black Mirror. <laughs> it, there, I mean, Twilight Zone is so good from the fifties or whatever it was. And there have been many clones over the years, and they've mostly been good, but never quite captured that edge that the original twilight zone had in my opinion but black mirror i think totally does it 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 captures that edge and brings it into the modern era with our modern concerns so that's why i love black mirror so much likewise awesome good number two sean what do you have for your number two all right so for my number two it it is it's the game infinity um you know we kind of touched on it a little bit but you know how awesome would it be to be able to you know like we talk about westworld and I don't think I could go to the extremes that uh, you would do in like a Westworld or this place, but it would be so awesome to be able to immerse yourself completely in a video game where it's like mm-hmm. you're there. You know, there's no risk to your bodily harm or anything like that, but you can fully experience what it's like to, you know, be a cowboy or, you know, be a space commander. Um, it's funny because uh, I went back and actually listened to a podcast that Jason and Karen did with us on Language of Bromance where we talked about Elon Musk and simulations. And oh, yeah. In that in that podcast, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, whenever I'm gaming, uh, I kind of play the good guy, and I feel like games like Grand Theft Auto, you're playing a character, you're playing a bad guy, so that's why where it's like I'm not running over these people, the character is running over the people, but in a thing like this, in Infinity mm-hmm. War, you are the character, like you're the person, it's you, it's you know, it's a vision of yourself in this game. You know, I think you would see your more moral compass come through. You know, like I'd want to be a like a good commander. I'd want to be a good guy that's helping people. You know, I'm sure there's mm-hmm. people who'd want to be a bad guy. Um, like Westworld, I'd want to be the guy, you know, who's helping the sheriff find the bad guys and doing all the good things. You know, I wouldn't want to go, you know, pillage and do all the bad things. 
but I think it still just goes back to this idea that there there could be this world where you stick something to your brain or to your head, you lean back, and it's almost like a total recall type of thing. Where they're injecting these memories in your brain where it physically feels like you're there and you got to experience these things firsthand. Hmm. Well, and I find that really interesting what you were saying. Like, I think that really kind of, I think, shows Daly's true character because he got to be, I think, who like his true self in, in that game who he maybe didn't have the guts or whatever. He didn't have the fortitude um, to, to show in the real world. That was his true character that he was hiding from everyone in real life. And even though he, he kind of changed a little bit, you notice his hair was different in the game. Like mm. he had a nice full head of hair. His voice changed to like, it wasn't so soft-spoken. It was more of a commanding, well-spoken uh, tone. He reminded me a lot of James T. Kirk, yeah. <laughs> the way yeah, that he kind of spoke of a little bit. Um so I, I he, his face was more expressive too. I mean, Jesse Plemons did yeah. such a good job of playing a socially awkward guy in the real world where mm-hmm. his face was a little bit stiff and, and mm-hmm. like he was afraid to really, he was uh, kind of inward, but when he was captain and it reminded me of my friend Dan who speaks English and Spanish. And for some reason, when he speaks Spanish, he's just like so loose and confident. And then when he speaks English, he's just kind of normal. Is that is Spanish his <laughs> first language or... No, huh. <laughs> I think he's proud of himself for having gotten fluent in it or something. I don't, I don't know, but okay, it's, it's almost like two different people. Well, I think with Daly too, like you, you can almost give him, because like, I think in this world, like when people get into it, you could probably have a slippery slope where it's like, okay, I'm the good guy, but now I'm bored. So now I want to be the equivalent of a Sith Lord, but you know, right. <laughs> o- yeah. Yeah. But right away with Daly, I mean, he brought his boss who he hates and whenever his boss is like, listen, I'm not playing along with this stupid game. He brings his kid on board and throws him out of an airlock. So, it, you know, there's not much of a slippery slope there. It was like, you know, like Rima was saying, this is just <laughs> yeah. his true moral compass coming into light. Like basically where it's a situation where there's no risk. You know, I could do all these things and there's no risk whatsoever. Because even because you, know, you have to ask, like, if he comes out of this game and somehow his uh, development version of this is found, it's probably more of like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Let's build this into the actual Infinity game as a, you know, uh, uh extra buy thing where you know, people can pay 20 extra bucks a month for this, you know, Starfleet version of infinity. I don't know how many people, oh, I thought you were saying like an extra version where you get to flush kids out of airlocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the Easter egg where you have to like find the special ship, <laughs> put in the code. But I mean, I, I think, you know, I don't know you guys, maybe you don't, think so but I, I i suspect that a lot of us you never know you know you don't know what you would do because you might try something a little risque and go oh that was kind of fun and then you know next thing you know you're just like grand theft autoing it yeah i think it just escalates i think that <laughs> yeah. i think that may have what happened with daily a little bit i mean i think that as more and more things occurred at work that you know he would like added to his frustrations that it just escalated. I mean, maybe it was always there and it just kind of came out in pieces because you saw how he was continuously adding more and more people as they did these small offenses, you know, at at his workplace. I mean, they, you know, Jillian and marketing, who's been there for who knows how long that was a poor creature, uh, you know, that they stumbled upon, um, you know? Um, so, I mean, I think it, it, it probably just, kind of like a serial killer just escalated it started out little you know serial killers start out killing animals or something don't they when they're like kids or something and then and then just escalate but 
I think this is like all Black Mirror episodes are. It's a commentary on our current culture, in this case, our video game culture, where I think mm-hmm. people do go into actual games and do really violent things. And maybe that's a way of acting out their frustrations with real life. Well, I think just just a thought that popped in my head, I'm like, well, what like real life experiences do we have that could you know be compared to this? And I mean, you look at you know people who are given a lot of things in life are like celebrities. You know, they start out as somewhat normal people. And as they start having people say, like, not, and basically not tell them no, like, they can do anything they want, you know, you, they start doing all these crazy things because they can get away with it. Like, I'm sure you take a celebrity or yeah. somebody that does stuff like yeah. that. When they first start out in life, they're like, oh, I'm not going to go on a bender and drive my Porsche through, you know, uh, school zone. <laughs> right. Or smack somebody with a golf club or something. Yeah, exactly. And next thing you know, you got Reese Witherspoon being pulled over going, do you know who I am? <laughs> Hey, <laughs> I liked her, but not in that moment. Not in that moment. It was not probably her best moment, but anyway. <laughs> but, oh, uh, yeah, so that, that was my number two. It's just kind of infinity in this game and just, you know, I'm excited for us to get to this point in some time. I'll probably be in a nursing home when it does, but it's also got a lot of repercussions. Not in the game, you won't. Yes. Not in the game. <laughs> I feel like that other episode of Black a chance to cover uh was it san junipero uh, yeah, too much away? i haven't seen it yet but i've heard I've, that's a really good one san junipero well god i guess i don't want to talk about it since you haven't seen it never mind yeah <laughs> we don't want to spoil sean on yeah. anything or anyone else who maybe hasn't had a chance to watch it right. um good point. but it, it kind of reminds me of something like that. That's okay, though. Yeah, but just my last um, thoughts. So like we talked about me in a nursing home. Like I feel sorry for my grandkids because my four hundred one k and all that money is going to go into the like the the Hugh Hefner expansion pack for this world. So <laughs> is that is that what Sean's going to be doing? <laughs> Where's Grandpa? He's playing his damn game again. <laughs> it's all you know. This is almost like. Uh, the early stages of the matrix where mm, yeah, it's just a bunch of bodies hooked up into, you know, their brains are creating this virtual reality. Like that's where this would lead because after a while you wouldn't want to do anything but sit there and veg out oh, shit. and be in the reality. Like you think about ready player one oasis, like that's essentially what this is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause in that world, it's basically like, that's like, that's the world where people go and they work and do things like that. And uh, you do, oh, it's a scary world to think like I can sit in my couch and be like a, you know, Jason Momoa S character, but really be like 600 pounds. <laughs> Isn't he 600 pounds? Oh. Yeah. He, it's all, it's all tr- uh, camera tricks. Like everybody's like, Oh my God, he can do like 700 pull-ups without breaking a sweat. It's not true. It's all camera tricks. Yeah. Those special effects these days. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good number two guys. You guys are doing great. Making me look good. Um, so my number two is just in general, it's kind of generic, not just for this episode, but just Black Mirror and um, in of itself. And my love of this particular topic that I'm going to mention, it's kind of short, um, but it's just the technology. Um, and it's what I always love about Black Mirror is like, it's how the technology, it's like, it seems like really advanced, but yet not quite far off to where we are now. I mean, we have VR and I think that is expanding more and more and getting, we're going to, you know, have more and more um, opportunities um, to be more immersive, immersive into things like we saw in this episode um, with infinity, where you are just going to be able to, you know, have a little 
thing on your forehead or something on the side of your head and immerse yourself into this fantasy world, whatever that you make of it. Um, and didn't they have not long ago, I, I meant to look this up prior to, to us talking about it, but didn't they have something out in the news that kind of basically, um, had one of the black merit episodes kind of happening that's right now, as far as technology, I can't remember what that was. I don't know if you guys saw the article on that. Well, I know black, it wasn't what one of the new ones. Um, <laughs> it was like either from like one of the episodes from like season two or three, like it's like happening now they're, they're developing it now, or it's like become a thing now. Well, I know Black but, Bear had a really uh, creepy promotional video where like it was cutting between episodes and like real life things. Like there was something about a robot who like was like an active robot and then like VR was in there. They showed Waldo mm-hmm. a bunch and stuff like that. So it was like a really creepy, like, Oh, Hey, look, wait, like we made this show and now reality is kind of like starting to catch up. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of scary, kind of scary. But I, I love because I'm a, a total tech geek, so I love seeing like all the various ways that tech is used, um, not just in in this episode. Because I really want to try VR. I really wish I knew someone that had one that would let me use it or borrow it or something. Because I'm dying to try it out. Um, but I, I love how they use tech in in the whole series as a whole and how it kind of touches on. You know, it's like kind of cool but kind of scary like we see in how it's used like in this episode um and i just i thought it was i just i love it because i'm so fascinated with it um so i don't know i mean i'm only charging 20 dollars for five minutes so (laughs) if you're ever in uh, san francisco (laughs) okay just kidding no no come to california (laughs) (laughs) i'll keep that in mind (laughs) I don't know. I find it interesting. Uh, what do you guys think about the technology? Yeah, like things? I noticed that, you know, he walked up to his door and it said, hey, Robert, on the screen. And mm-hmm. he walks in and as he's going through the rooms, the lights come on. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I think some people probably have their houses rigged up like that right now, but it still feels a little bit futuristic for it, for it mm-hmm. to be the norm. So I like that. Yeah, they just said it like you know, 10 years off or something like that. At least that a, a lot of the tech in it. I mean that I, I don't know if I believe the main thing will ever happen where you can put a little dot on your forehead and go into another world. But um, the rest of it just feels like, yeah, just a little bit off into the future. Well, the thing from this cool. episode, the thing from this episode I'd love to have is like the thing you can like p- tell people to do not disturb you on your door. And like it actually works. Cause <laughs> that was the other dickish thing he did. Not giving the pizza guy a tip. <laughs> In the real world, I mean. <laughs> we always tip the pizza guy. Yeah, yeah come, come on, dude. dude. It's your friend. Yeah, they have to pay their mm-hmm. own gas, and, and I'm sure back then, oh, I guess like in this world, it's probably their own like battery charge. He's like, I didn't order this, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's super cool how it's like, it's, it's, it's to me believable enough to think that we're probably not far off from some of it. I mean, I don't think we're anywhere near being able to stick like a lollipop with someone's DNA and being able to create like a, you know, a a complete copy of someone and, and for them to be um, self-aware and, and, you know, experience the things that they experienced or anything. I don't believe anything like that would, would happen. I kind of hope not. I really don't think I want that to happen. Um, As cool as it was in the show to kind of see and sad, um, but I just, that was my number two, just kind of a short and sweet little homage to the technology in this episode and every episode of black mirror. I find it fascinating. So anyway, so, okay, Jason, what do you have for your number one? My number one is that I just thought it was cool how they made it feel like 
Star Trek. And I kind of wondered if uh, they, you know, if Charlie Brooker, who is, by the way, the man behind this, all of this Black Mirror Mm -hmm. English guy, would have uh, used Star Trek if he could, you know, get the license for it. I bet he would have not not done this space. What was it? Space Space Fleet. Space Fleet. Yeah. But especially the like the. Well, the look of it, of course, and the and the outfits and everything, and even the the acting style and the um, cheesy, over dramatic, and the cameras shaking and stuff. But um, the first situation where there he has to go into that cloud to solve the problem is like so many situations in Star Trek where they come up with some techno babble solution that but it's also really clever to find their way out of out of a situation do you are you guys star trek fans are you into star trek uh i've seen the new movies but i'm not like it i'm not a huge trek fan i'm more of a star wars guy yeah i mean i like star wars a lot too i i do like star trek i'm not so much on um the old one i've seen some of them but they're not my favorites i'm more of a next generation and voyager yeah I mean, even in Next Generation and Voyager, they had stuff like that. But as far as like situations that would come up and they had to do some basically bullshit technological thing to <laughs> to get out of it. But yeah. then I really liked how Nanette at the end figuring out her plan of blackmailing herself to get rid of the DNA and then go into this update uh black hole thing. Mm-hmm. That's similar. That's a mirror of it, you know, and and Ooh, I yeah. thought that was that's cool. cool. And, yeah. Yeah, and that's that. That's a little bit more of a sophisticated, but um, another take on what he was dealing with in the beginning, and that that's uh, appropriate because that's sort of what transitions her into being the captain of the new ship in the Infinity Game. Um, but on that, just as far as that whole plan went, uh, the the images of her, you know, when they were saying, "Oh, she's got some images that she doesn't want anyone to see." That just got me thinking of another Black Mirror uh, episode where there were some really like bad news images and black being blackmailed. And so then when I saw that it was just like a boudoir photo shoot, I'm like, really? That's well, not so bad. I mean, that's all we saw. We didn't see the ones. Yeah. yeah when they cut away, like <laughs> I'm sure there were some pretty. Yeah. But it was, I mean, he still just got the impression that it was her doing sexy nudes. Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess if you're, I mean, I'm not saying I don't get it. I get it. You don't want those getting out. But um, I was just thinking it's Black Mirror and it's so dark that maybe it would be something really bad. And it was just, nah, that would be embarrassing for her family and friends <laughs> to see that. So so I do get it. Like that's why I she had to leave thinking. her last job because she actually choked her boss. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I wondered like – like, would either of you, if you had those kind of sexy photos that were you were blackmailed, would you go into your new boss's house and steal uh, something from his mini fridge? I mean, I'm always putting my pictures online anyway. Like, I'm just getting them all out there <laughs> just to avoid that situation. Speedos. And- <laughs> yeah, because if your boss right. comes up to you, is like, hey, Sean, I saw you in a furry outfit on the internet. I'm like, whoa, what were you yeah. doing looking up furry outfits? That's why they kicked you off Facebook. <laughs> I was wondering about that. I know, geez. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that this plan ended up working out way better than expected. Like they were, their plan was to kill themselves and make sure that this guy couldn't mm. easily do this again, although he could have just gotten more DNA samples with their plan. Um, but it ended up where they got to live out their lives in this expansive infinite universe and he was probably di- dead. So wouldn't do it again. Um, but 
But yeah, um, that's the thing with Black Mirror. Like, I've only seen season one and two. It's usually dark. Yeah, yeah like darker. this is one of the first ones where it kind of feels like it ended on a high note. I mean, the the person that and I don't know if he died or if he's like just kind of stuck in an infinite loop. That daily. Well, he's that gonna is. die if nobody finds him. Yeah, surely they'd find him, him at some point. That that's the thing. Like, I feel like there'd have to be some kind of like. You know, you you never want to play the Infinity game. It's like, well, you know, one out of every thousand people somehow die when they get stuck in infinite loops in Infinity. But, you know, it's still okay. Uh, I mean, that it's also a little crazy and that, it, it, that they would make a game where you could potentially get stuck in it and if nobody came, you would die. Yeah. That's dark. Yeah, like w- wake up after. Look, look at the guy who built it, though. So That's true. That's true. Yeah, he's kind of and that's his own personal stuff. mod too so he may have taken the safeguards off yeah that's true because he was in his own he wasn't like connected with like the main part of it like yeah. actually online or whatever so maybe he did have those fail safe ops because he was playing god he was asshole god they called him yeah. so it was a bubble <laughs> universe ruled by an asshole god right so maybe he did have all that turned off or something, but I, I think he, yeah. Because, I mean, they weren't going back to work. It was Christmas, and they had 10 days off, and he turned on his Do Not Disturb sign. Right. Oh, he's good he's call. Dead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's dead. But, you know, um, I read, oh, I don't, is this in the news? If it is, just edit this out. But that the director, Toby Haynes, of this episode wanted to do a spinoff series. Is that in the news? Um, not in this episode. Okay. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Shit. I don't remember what's in there. Okay. Well, if it is, you can take it out. But uh, that he, he said he wanted to do a spinoff series. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like, does it deserve a whole series? It might be cool to revisit it in, in Black Mirror, which they also said that Charlie Brooker might do. Yeah, I could see like... And a, I would totally watch that. Was it going to be like following Lieutenant Cole in the, the, I guess, the USS Callister in the Infinity Game or... Yeah, well, here's he said uh, there's this brilliant idea that he is still alive and and his attempted murder gets pinned on someone whose fingerprints whose fingerprints do they find in the apartment? There's so much you could do. Fingers crossed, you never know. That'd be interesting for like a three like three episode or like one more episode kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's an anthology, um, I would still be interested, you know. And I could see how they could kind of make it their own episode and completely separate from this one. They might, I mean, they've talked about revisiting, and I don't know, I haven't, I've only seen this episode of season four, but of revisiting some of the other episodes, like uh, the last episode of season three, which is one of my favorites. I, you, I guess you haven't seen it yet, Sean, but Not the yet. one with the bees. They've talked about revisiting those characters, which I think would be awesome. Yeah, I've heard of that. And I've heard, um, without like, I haven't seen any spoilers, but I've heard that there's a lot of Easter eggs, I guess, throughout season four, for like, from things from the rest of the series. Like it's all one universe kind of thing. Kind of. Yeah. Like I didn't read too much into it cause I didn't want to get spoiled on the other episodes. Cause I have also only seen this episode, but, um, so I didn't read too much, but I just heard there were a lot of Easter eggs. So I'm interested to watch the rest of the episodes and just kind of see if I can pick them out. Which I could totally get behind if they build this as like all these things are happening in the same world. It's just like different pieces yeah. of the world. And, because I mean that's like I different mean times. yeah like how many stories are going on right now in our world that are would be interesting to you know investigate they don't have to all be specifically connected except just happening around the same time right yep when's Westworld coming because that's what I want spring 
Yeah. <laughs> Do you mean the actual Westworld? The so actual, you could be a. I want a, I want a real Westworld. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. I wanna... You could visit as the 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 cowboy place for a bit, and then you can go to the samurai world. And I mean, I want zombie world. Oh, that'd I be want, so I awesome. Want, I want to go in Roman times. That's what I Roman. want without without the plague and um, indoor. And I want indoor plumbing. I want to kill all the zombies and then take over the mall and get whatever I want. <laughs> so, like, what's like <laughs> of Walking Dead characters? Who would you be in the zombie apocalypse world? Rick. Rick. Mm-hmm. How about you. Uh, I mean, if you're gonna be Rick, I guess I gotta be Negan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm afraid this might turn out better for you. <laughs> Well, I mean, it just depends on your contract situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh. Well, if only. If only. Cool. Do you have anything else to say about your number one? Nope. Okay. Sean, what do you have for your number one? All right. So for my number one, uh, I loved whenever the characters were on pause. Because it, it very much felt like the rich kid that brings all of his friends over and it's like, you have to play the game I want to play. And then when I leave the room, everybody's like, fuck. <laughs> oh. yes. You know, and then like when they're first seeing uh, it's a uh, Valdeck on that that planet and, you know, Roberts, he's the only one that's got a working gun and they're paused and the net's kind of like, what the fuck is going on here? But then like when he comes back, he's like, unpause game. And she like does a karate move. And she even like double checks herself. She's like, what the hell am I doing? Oh, no. You know, it's, it's it's like being in a play kind of thing. It's like you start kind of getting into it yeah. a little bit. You start having fun with it. Um, I love that. Their body language all just shifts. And I, oh, it, yeah. It's so great. Yeah. When you see Walton, like it's almost like he's being sarcastic at points. Like he's like overacting just to be like, okay, well, this is this is my life now. So I'm going to, you know, go to get the most out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be Walton until 11. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I just, you know, and the fact that after they paused it, you know, the, the girl from marketing, that's like this big slug thing, like, you know, Walton goes over and talks to her and she's like putting her hands on her tentacles and, you know, resting and you see Val kind of nodding her head a little. Yeah. Yeah. And you see Valdeck <laughs> with his laser gun. He puts it down. It's like this thing, this shit's heavy. Um, I just kind of love that whole, like you see this world inside of a world kind of thing. Um, so not, not a ton to add to it, except just that, you know, it, it was just kind of cool to see their interaction when the game was on pause. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That was a good decision to have them still be, uh, aware in the world when he wasn't in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought eh, it might be smart of him if he could figure out a way to pause that so they wouldn't be able to scheme against him, but then it wouldn't have been as great of an episode. Cause you get to see what they say about him when he's not there. When you want, I wonder if he even knew that. Cause I mean, if his machine's still running and he pauses game. You know, like you think other games you play, if you pause it, I mean, I guess not really pausing it, but, you know, if, if you go he to knows, sleep. He knows. He built so. it. Yeah, I guess so. He knows the nature, I, I would assume, of that there are, I don't know, maybe. When he knows that they're self-aware because when they don't do as he says, he turns them into those like weird creatures or yeah, he like he has with. to punish them. Yeah, or like with Walton, he goes and gets DNA of his son and punishes him that way. So he knows that they're self-aware. And I think I think he kind of enjoys that part of it. I think he gets off on it more with having them under his thumb when they're self-aware and he's making them do what he wants them to do versus just having like built these characters to just 
to be built to always placate him or to yeah, go along with him. I think he gets a, a kick point. out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if he had the choice to make a, a, a game where they weren't self-aware, but they just acted as if they were, would he, and they, but they, you know, acted like the crew. Mm-hmm. He might not, he might not like that as much. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, he enjoys having them. That's really stuff. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because he wants that, to, um, he wants to break them. Yeah. He wants them under his control because he, he's so out. Of, he has no control in his real life and he, mm-hmm. that's how he's able to get the control in this game. And I think that's how he gets his, his kicks is making sure that they are self-aware and then he can manipulate them and twist them into, mm-hmm. you know, playing his way. It's like Sean said, it's his sandbox. It's his game. You're going to do it my way. But he feels broken in his own life and that's his own fault though. He needs to get some therapy and be (laughs) assertive. He just went the other way. This is. Yeah. Yeah, he is a psycho. There, that was some twisted stuff, and even that scene uh, with the and I'm so horrible with names, but yeah, that the the bad guy that they were like chasing throughout in the simulation, the guy with the long hair and the gun uh, yeah. and stuff. You know, he's like even begging at the end, like, please just let kill me go, me. kill kill he's me. He's like a cross between Wrath of Khan and like Dokken or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty good. I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah so yeah you can just really see how far far he goes and the enjoyment that he gets out of it he likes he he just he enjoys them being um in the state that they're in yeah but it was interesting too it, there's almost um this boyish innocence to him when she tried to lure him out into the lake mm-hmm. and he's like what are you what are you doing this is not a leisure activity and all this it's like i want to play my fantasy here and you're messing with my mind. So that was a, a little bit of a different shade of his personality. Like, I feel like it's immature. He's very immature. Yeah, he's kind of, he's, he's got that like nerd, you know, computer nerd kind of thing going on where, you know, I can relate. You know, you're stuck behind a computer all the day yeah. and whatnot. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Anything else on your number one show? Nope. Uh, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Um, Well, my number one, we've covered a lot of it. Mine was just the end, like when they were escaping, uh, when they left daily on the surface. I mean, I was really on the edge of my seat. I know we kind of talked a little bit about how some of the acting was really similar to like some of the acting from the old Star Trek or something whenever, you know, it was a little bit over the top. It was some of it a little bit cheesy, the dialogue and stuff, you know, when the the, the, uh, ship would kind of shift this way and shift that way and you see him kind of moving this way and moving that way and I thought some of it was kind of cheesy but it's still I thought was kind of exciting and I was kind of on the edge of my seat like oh my gosh are they going to make it are they going to make it you know as they're like chasing down to try and get in, in that wormhole before it closes and so I thought that the action was really great yeah that's one reason why this was such a good episode because I think if you were like a just a Star Trek fan you would enjoy it on that level of a of a Star Trek episode and and I am I mean, I like Star Trek, but also on more of a like societal commentary or darkness. I like dark shit. So mm-hmm. it worked on the different levels. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah. So I, lo- I love that whole sequence. Um, I liked whenever he's, you know, he's chasing them in the ship and he, you can hear him over the intercom and he's just going on and on and they're just completely ignoring him. And then finally she's like, do we have to listen to him? And <laughs> 
<laughs> turn it off. Because I'm like, why didn't you turn that off like five minutes ago? That would have driven yeah. me nuts. She's awesome. She's like, she's like, you know what? I don't like Star Trek and, and this is all bullshit. And when they're like, uh, she's, she's like, uh, Hacker, we're ready to fly. And he goes, you're supposed to say something like engage or increase the <laughs> thrusters. And she's like, just fucking go. <laughs> You know, or later she's like, stick us into hyperdrive and let's fuck off somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) She's like the wife who doesn't like Star Trek and like, this is so stupid. (laughs) Which is interesting. (laughs) Don't call me captain. (laughs) What's interesting because like her character, when she first meets Daly in the real world, she seemed very interested in it. But like, it seemed like that was like, I wouldn't say sucking up the boss, but maybe trying to break the ice with the boss. But as she gets to this world as herself, like she doesn't even remember it's Starfleet. Like she has no clue about this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she hadn't watched it. She was, you know, kind of um, in awe over his collection, but she didn't know she anything about it. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think she kind of knew. Like people who don't watch Star Trek still know what Star Trek kind of is and kind of know what yeah. it's about. So that's what that was kind of like that Starfleet uh, was kind of like in this was she hadn't watched it, but everyone pretty much knows what it is because it was so popular in pop culture and stuff, or, you know, it was a big fan favorite. So I thought that all that was, was really great. I was actually genuinely on the edge of my seat because I thought it had some really great action sequences. Um, I really liked Walton's speech when he was distracting um, daily. And as he's chasing them, he's trying to fix that engine. I thought as he was trying to kind of buy him some time, but he was also able to kind of get what he wanted to really say and what he wasn't able to say um, ever since he had um, done what he'd done to his son, Tommy, that he's been complacent and just playing it his way and, and playing his game. And that he was finally able to say, you know, what he wanted to tell him. And, you know, he actually admitted, he's like, I should have treated you better. You know, and and I realized, you know, he kind of took responsibility for that. But yeah, he also said, fuck you to death. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking flushed my son out of an airlock. That was a great scene. Yeah, And then he pushed the lever and killed himself in an act of valor. Yeah, I thought that was great. And I I love Jimmy Simpson. He's in Westworld. I know that y'all have that have seen that know that, but um, I thought he was really great in this episode. He had a lot of great lines and his his moves and, and his body language and stuff was really great. Um, so I just thought that whole sequence, like in the last 10, 15 minutes or so, however long that that lasted was just, was really great. And I loved, um, Nanette's smirk at the end where whenever she did tell them like, let's just get the fuck out of here. Um, that little smirk as she just kind of propped her, you know, her head up on her hand. And, um, I thought, yeah, boss bitch. Yeah. (laughs) She was great. She was really good in this whole episode. Yeah. And then of course we had daily, he was stuck in a, he was like in a true video game stupor. And I think he's. I think he's going to die. So anyway, that's my number one. Yeah, and I missed it until my second viewing because at, at the end of this, when they get through the wormhole, you see the two characters come back, which was, uh, oh, uh, I don't remember the names. Uh, is it Shanna? Packer. Or no. no. It's the the, the, uh, the engineering guy, right? Well, yeah, it's Valadek. Shania. And then Shania. Those two came back because Valadek they put on the brig. But when I first saw it, I thought that was Walton. But you you don't see Walton come He's back. Dead, yeah, yeah. So he must have got shot out into space, and when that world you know deleted, you know he got deleted with it. Which is good. I mean, it's sad, but I like that there are stakes, real stakes. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Well, he seemed kind of tortured anyway. I mean, they all seemed kind of tortured, but he kept living with what happened 
at least in that virtual world with what happened to his son and it seemed like that was just really affected him. I think it was, if that happened to my son, I would fucking kill the guy. Oh yeah. Well, and, and like he had that, <laughs> you, you know, that realizations like my hope is that I can get out of here and see my son again. Like I know it's not me. I know it's not my son, but I still hold on to that hope that I can get out here and see my kid. And that just shows yeah. like, that's, that, that's a real, like, I mean, that's where you ask, like, that's a real human being at that point, you know, with real yeah. emotions. Oh, you know what they could do actually in a series is they could try to get people to clone people that they want to see and bring them into the game world. <clears throat> that could be part of it. Yeah. Like they find his uh, DNA thing. It's like you could bring, you know, oh yeah, that'd be creepy. Bring your relatives in. Bring relatives or, you know, it's yeah. like, no, I want to bring my boss in because he's a jerk today. <laughs> <laughs> Because you can't get out, you're you're a digital thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're an NPC with you know you know yeah. Unless uh, another thing they could do later on is create like androids and then stick your consciousness inside it, like upload it into there or something. Then you could be in the real world. Then you can live forever. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Did you guys um let's go over some notes if you guys are, are done with that piece. Um Jason, do you have any notes? Yeah, I have a few. Um we covered a lot of it, but the actors, uh we Nanette Cole is played by Kristen Milioti and she was really good. And she was mm-hmm. Betsy Salverson in Fargo season two. That's another one of my favorite shows right now is Fargo. Uh, Jesse Plemons and was in season two, right? He was in season two with her. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, another show that Jesse Plemons was in was breaking bad. And there was somebody else in this episode who was also in breaking bad. Do you know who that is? I do. I knew it right away. I, I didn't even you did. I didn't know. Karen told it. me. No, I knew it. At, not his first, because if you notice like the very first thing that he, which I remember his dialogue word for word, but the very first thing that he says, and they're like, what, what the hell? I did not recognize him. But as he continued to speak, I knew exactly who it was. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so who is it? It was Aaron Paul, who was yeah. Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. And he was the gamer douchebag at the end who says, you better run king of space right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yo, bitch. I know, totally. I know. Uh, a couple other notes. The good lines. I already mentioned a couple by Nanette, like, um, you know, just fucking go and stuff like that. But uh, she, the, probably the best line in the whole um, episode was stealing my pussy is a red fucking Oh, line. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that sort of speaks to our cultural and political climate right now. But um, I, I did kind of wonder what, why is there a lack of genitals? I guess Star Trek was in the sixties, so they couldn't show certain things. I mean, that show was full of sex, but they didn't actually show any sex. So I, I don't, I, I don't know. Do you, do you think it was, I mean, that's where you have to ask like his moralness because like he always kissed, but never with tongue and he didn't have yeah. any of these genitals in I there. Think, so I think it's part of the immaturity thing, you know? Mm, yeah. He, he's a little boy at heart. And also that show was at a time where you couldn't show stuff on TV. Um, what else? Uh, the, I, I think it's interesting that the Black Mirror, if this is your first episode, you don't know, but this is a very British show oftentimes because it's made by British people and it's made, I think, in England. But this felt very American to me. Mm-hmm. I liked how uh, Robert asked Dudani, is that his name? The 
engineer guy, Dudani, yeah, for stuff on the ship. And, uh, you know, he would speak in techno babble. And then in real life, he was also the software engineer in the company who also spoke in techno babble when he would ask him for stuff. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. Um, Another note, I was wondering, you know, does it make sense that he has to store this DNA in the mini fridge? I mean, I'm like, once he downloads it, can he just like make a digital copy and store it? But I think really uh, that's just a story point. Like it wouldn't be wouldn't fit in with the story if, oh, that, yeah, yeah. if he could do that. And I think it just shows he could recreate him over and over again just to keep torturing him. Yeah. But I mean, if you like in, in if you think about it with current technology, you would take the DNA and scan it and then you would have a digital copy that you could just, you know, copy and paste into the game. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he didn't have the storage space. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe maybe the DNA <laughs> with, uh, yeah <laughs> takes a little bit more uh, memory than just putting the sucker in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you like you you know if you zip it, then you unzip it. Like weird things can happen, and you just yeah just don't want to mess with it. And then the last thing for any gamers out there, if you like this episode, there's some similar concepts in the game called Soma, which came out last year, maybe two years ago, and it's a really really good creepy, scary sci-fi game with all these heavy concepts in it. So I would recommend playing Soma if you're interested. Super cool. Sean, what notes do you have? We've pretty much hit all my notes. So what? I know you always have a ton of notes, Rima. So what do you have for us? Well, yeah, I always do. But we we um, did cover many of them as we were talking through our top three and just in discussion in general. Um a lot of the great lines were hit. I can't remember exactly this one line that I really liked. I can't remember what happened, but Jimmy Simpson, when he kept saying or singing, um, he's a jolly good fellow. And then he would say, so say us all, but he got interrupted and (laughs) he was saying, so say, Oh my fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my fuck. That's a, is I wonder if that's a Battlestar Galactica reference. Cause they always said, so say us all on that show. That's a really good show. If I know I there's too much list. to watch, but yeah. yeah, it's so good. I haven't had a chance to circle around to that one, but it's on my list because I, I loved it as a kid. Um, Me too. And the new one is so different though. It's like is it? oh, way okay. grounded. And I mean, no, it's better actually, but it's not as, um, maybe it's not as fun. <laughs> well, if it's not fun, I don't know if I can it's watch fun. it. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> You're not selling me on this, Jason. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's okay. I'm still going to check it out. (laughs) Still going to check it out. Um, So we talked about um, how awesome Jimmy Simpson was and that he was from Westworld because I I love that show as well. Um, And we talked about Aaron Paul and his cameo. Did you guys happen to notice another cameo in this episode? It was super quick um, in the office. I think a lot of people probably missed it unless someone points it out to you. I missed it, but I think I had it pointed out to me. Who, who yeah, are you talking about? Uh, Kirsten Dunst. What? Yep. Yeah, she's engaged to Jesse Plemons in real life, huh. and she was in. Oh, because they were in Fargo together. Go, Jesse yeah, Plemons. They were, they were married. Oh, okay. I didn't know they were married in the show. Mm-hmm. She was bad news. 
<laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, she was in it. It was in one of the scenes. And I couldn't tell you exactly the, down in the minute or second in the in the show, but it's one of the scenes where Daly is uh, kind of observing the people in the office. How he's just kind of looking at everybody and what they're doing. I think it was right after uh, Walt, Walton was giving uh, Nanette her tour, and he's kind of you know talking to the tech guy or the the guy that's like doing this software patch, and he's really not paying any attention to him and he's looking out in the office <laughs> and if you look really quickly um she just kind of comes walking by in the scene it's pretty quick and and <laughs> if, if she's not pointing out you'd miss her so that's actually um, why he wasn't paying attention she's like damn it why is Kristen in the shot <laughs> god dude can't you just let me do this one thing <laughs> she's she's in my line of sight <laughs> start doing a christian bale uh, rant or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is she doing here <laughs> Um, I'm a professional. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that would be hilarious. Um, And then just my other note that we haven't talked about. I don't know if anyone else noticed um, that Callister was located on the 13th floor. Oh, I didn't notice that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's just like a superstition of mine and probably many others. But I just thought that was kind of cool that they pointed that out. If you're ever in a building, because lots of buildings don't have 13th floor. Mm-hmm. So if you're on the 14th floor, you're on the 13th floor. Exactly. But they actually said, with the, ele- the, the elevator when they announced it, they said, Callister, 13th floor. Mm-hmm. And That's a good catch. I thought, oh, shit, no thanks. <laughs> I'll work somewhere have else. You, so, Sean, have you seen any of the other season four Black Mirrors? Uh, I've seen all but the last two episodes. I, I had a tough uh, time not binging it. I haven't told Rima yet. Are they good? Without spoiling? Uh, there's, there's, so far there's one other one that I really, really loved. Like, I, it's, okay. I'm super excited to talk about it. How many are there? Six? Six, yeah. Eight? Six, okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. So, that's all my notes. Good notes. We're done. <clears throat> yeah, really good. Okay. So now we are going to cover just a couple items. Um, I didn't pick up too much because a lot of it was pretty centric on specific episodes. Um, and a lot of it was kind of repetitive. So I just kind of picked out a couple things um, to talk about. Um, Sean, why don't you start us off on the first one? All right. So our first one comes from digitalspy.com. So Charlie Brooker breaks down Black Mirror's space saga, USS Callister, and reveals Daly's final fate. So the impetus for USS Callister was Brooker's desire to do a space opera, but with a Black Mirror twist. We don't do what I would class as regular sci-fi, so then we discussed the possibilities of it being VR, and then it sort of fell into place quite quickly from there. The inspiration for the tyrannical daily, uh, Brooker says, came from a few different sources. There's a brilliant Twilight Zone episode about a little boy who has sort of a godlike powers, and so I oh, thought, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was chilling, I want to do something like that. And then there's a Viz character called Playtime Fontanie, who's an adult who forces people to join in the playground-style games. I sort of thought, if you had someone who's running a world like that, where they're completely all-powerful, they can become a tyrant quite quickly. There was something very appealing about the idea of a hero captain figure being a wanker, being just a (laughs) massive arsehole. Originally, the script contained hints early on that Daly was a monster, but Brooke reveals that these were scaled back to deliver a bigger twist later on, which I think is a very genius way to do that. Yes. Can we ever rejoin the crew for a sequel? Space Fleet 2, The Wrath of Daly. Brooker says it's not out of the question. We don't rule out revisiting them, so we could, but you'd have to have a really good idea. 
Yeah, you need a different idea for yeah. it. It can't just be the same thing. It can't just be like, like it said, Wrath of Daily, where he's, you know, mm-hmm. infiltrating the... Mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Daily! <laughs> <laughs> Daily, though, is probably done for. Uh, USS Callister ends with a villain in a coma, but Brooker confirms that he's probably going to die. After all, with his company on Christmas break, no one with to disturb him for ten whole days. He's going to starve to death, Brooker says, because he put do not disturb on his door. The lessons here, don't let... Oh, he didn't tip the... Yeah, yeah. it's because he didn't tip the pizza guy. Pizza and, guy. He's not, and he's not going to get fed because he didn't tip the pizza guy. Yeah, and you only ate one piece of yep. it, too. Oh, that's gonna, that would suck to starve to death with the smell of pizza on your nose. <laughs> it's like a whole pizza right there, <laughs> that's a few a, feet away. That's a Black Mirror episode. Damn it. So don't let re- it's a lesson here. Don't let resentments fester. Never take an obsession too far and don't shut people out because you never know when you'll need them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you have this game, you should probably set up an IV drip That's that good lasts yeah, mm-hmm. for a long time. To like be like giving you all of the nutrients and, and stuff. <laughs> oh God, we're going to go to that. You know, that's what's going to happen. Well, that, <laughs> Matrix, I'm telling you. Well, what's going to be safe there is you just live in your mom's basement because then she'll come check on you every few hours. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, it's kind of true. I, I've said this before. When my kid, when she lived at home when she was in high school and she would get into these like video game modes and she would literally like wake up on a Saturday when she was playing a game she was obsessed with and she would get up on a Saturday would not leave her room at all just go and crawl up on her futon and plug in this video game and be playing it all day and and you wouldn't see her I'd like open the door and physically check on her hey are you okay have you eaten yet today do you want some food do you want some water I seriously had to do that because she'd be like oh no I haven't eaten yet today (laughs) yeah eat her so it's not that far off I know I miss my mom sometimes when I realize I haven't eaten (laughs) (laughs) you need a fail safe you need like well everybody's got like the little alexa or like google home or something can't you set up like a timer or something and be like hey go off alexa feed me (laughs) yeah Okay, so this next next little um, article that I picked out, um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but I found it interesting. I feel like I'm a little bit late to the game and I'm really embarrassed because I, I have seen the other seasons of Black Mirror and I'm just now finding this out. But So did, this is also from digitalspy.com. So some people, um, also me, are only just realizing why Black Mirror is called Black Mirror. So you, do you guys know why Black Mirror is called Black Mirror? I think I heard a little something about this, yeah, before. Okay, Sean, do you, yeah, have you ever heard this? I think this? I heard somebody say it like on a tweet or something like that. Okay, well, damn it. This is but I'm sure there's listeners who don't know. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to talk about it anyway because I thought it was kind of interesting. If you don't already know or if you're new to the series, so you probably guessed it, it was something to do with darkness and reflection of our society, hence the show's disturbing tone that has given us more than a few nightmares. However, the title is also actually a reference to the reflection you see on a device when you turn it off, an actual black mirror. Creator Charlie Brooker hasn't been hiding what the title means, uh, telling Channel 4 in 2014, what I took it to mean was when a screen is off. When a screen is off, it looks like a black mirror. Because any TV, any LCD, any iPhone, any iPad, something like that, if you just stare at it, it looks like a black mirror. And there's something cold and horrifying about that. And it was such a fitting title for the show. Yeah. And then it makes it even more like disturbing when the title in the title sequence, it breaks. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like my, my phone. phone. 
<laughs> I have God one that looks it. like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still, <Yeah. laughs> refuse to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is kind of, and it, and it was horrifying when it happened. I agree. Um, so <laughs> he joked. I mean, I don't know what else we would have called it. Spooky technology time. <laughs> it would have <laughs> been rubbish. I quite like the fact that people are watching it on their TV or on their laptop or their smartphone or whatever. And then as the end credits start running and the screen cuts to black, they see themselves reflected. Yeah, it's you. It's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Charlie that. Brooker. Yeah, he did all these Black Mirrors and also uh, Dead Set, which Karen and I covered on Walking Dead cast. But it was like Big Brother mixed with zombie apocalypse. Oh, that was a movie, right? It was a mini series. Okay, I think I might have seen a little bit about seen a little bit of that. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, cool. So that's it for the news. We're going to move on to listener feedback. I was excited to see some listener feedback on this kind of short notice that I gave everyone um, that we were doing this um, and recording when we were. So thanks everyone for that. Um, Jason, why don't you start us off? Okay. Mr. Mark Kirkman says, I thought that the USS Callister was awesome. So many social topics within one episode. My synopsis would be a socially bullied and outcasted programmer used his programming ability to wreak revenge. That's not the whole story. You have to watch the whole episode to see everything. (laughs) Yeah, that's how bully. I was thinking that too. Bullies like like I think a lot of bullies just get um, bullied at home by their like their father. And then they go to school and take it out on the other kids. Mm, yeah, yeah. It was like that. Uh let's see. Pake Allen. So great opening episode for Black Mirror. Maybe the funniest they've done. Great jokes. For he's a jolly good fellow. So say, oh my fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you start the episode liking and sympathizing, sympathizing with Robert Daly. And by the end, you are glad he's dead and recognize the monster he is. Love how Black Mirror can do that. And I should say all that, but you threw my son out the airlock. So fuck you to death. Made the episode <laughs> for me. Hell yeah, Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Steve Brown says, great app. It took a bit for me to get into it, though. Jimmy Simpson was great. Loved Cole's smile right at the end. It's too bad as an anthology series, we may never see them again. I'd love an episode where we see how they are faring in cyberspace. Stay tuned. Do you, we might. Do you think it's interesting Steve? that Jimmy Simpson is in this and Westworld? Like, they're very, like, relatable shows. Yeah. yeah, and they both have character shifts too. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Which yes. I don't want to say too much about, but <laughs> yeah, you just have to watch the show and listen to the Westworld podcast. <laughs> that's right, or, or just listen to the podcast if you want. We'll, we'll explain too. it. <laughs> Brian Malosh says, as someone who does a Star Trek Discovery podcast, I was eagerly awaiting the USS Callister episode. And I was pleased to find out that it was episode one this season. It was a much different take of a Trekkian story than I thought it would be, but I guess it was in line with what Black Mirror would do with it. What exactly did Nanette do to deserve being put into daily simulation? Yeah, that's a good question. He had like stuff for everybody else. Maybe she just like was too open to uh, Walton's flirting. Well, and she kind of gave him the cold shoulder too after uh, Shania, or Shania said something about like keep Warned. your distance. Yeah. Well, and he, he heard so. like, um, like kind of rebuffing him and she's like, well, you're not interested in him and, or interested in oh, him, right. are you? And she's like, oh no, no, no. And he probably thought that she was. And in a way 
was spurned. Yeah. And you kind of wonder, what if everybody hadn't warned her away and she they did strike up something? Maybe that would have cured him. I don't know. Probably mm-hmm. not. He probably would have just been an a-hole yeah, boyfriend. She's just a psycho. Yeah, she would have done something eventually to end up there. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. All right. He goes on. I guess daily is your typical internet troll with superpowers. I had an issue with the premise. How can a DNA copy also completely copy a person's memories? Daily didn't exactly emulate all the traits of a good Starfleet. I mean, space fleet captain. (laughs) He was more like a mirror universe Terran empire captain. I got that reference, Brian. So did Daly die or get effectively stuck in his game and in a coma at the end? I got a kick. Yes, he's dead. I got a kick out of the Netflix reference, no doubt, a nudge to how Netflix has Star Trek Discovery everywhere but the U.S. and Canada. What was the Netflix? Yeah, they mentioned Netflix at some point. I forgot. And the rest of the Star Trek shows. One more thing. I noticed right away that the boss was played by Jimmy Simpson, who plays William on Westworld. Yes. Luis Guerrero says that was an awesome episode. Great way to start the new season. I agree. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I totally. I actually wasn't like I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. So when I saw this was the first episode, I was kind of like, oh, okay, like what's this gonna be? But I mean, I was after the the first bit of that, I was completely sold and like on the edge of my seat the whole yeah. episode. Yeah, I and and I mean, I do like Star Trek, but um, I I was kind of worried whenever I saw the promo pictures for it and I thought, Oh, is it going to be the entire, like they're going to live there that entire time. But I like how that's not how it was. Like you got some real world stuff in it too. So I really liked it. I was kind of, yeah, thinking that it was going to be in the Star Trek like universe the whole time, but I was sort of like, well, I trust Charlie Brooker. So I know this isn't going to be a straight, episode mm-hmm. there's going to be some darkness to it so i i want to see what that is so then yeah. when it ended up being a simulation there was a little part of me it was like well yeah that's probably the easiest way to make it a black mirror episode yeah <laughs> yeah i done really well i thought um, yeah 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 i really liked it love the dark um so now we have a couple emails that will um kind of go over a lot of that was from facebook so a couple emails um first one Hi, Rima and Sean. Wow, what an interesting first episode for season four to open with. There are so many social themes in this episode that show as it plays out. Bullying, social outcasting, revenge, and standing up for yourself were prevalent in this episode. Daly was seen as someone that was socially outcasted by the people he works with, especially Walter. Apparently, Walter and Daly created the company, and Walter became the evil Steve Jobs and Daly as the non-revengeful Steve Wozniak in the real world. We can later see him take his anger out on those in his program, something that he has played out in his head that he can do with his own mod of a program that he built, but just for him to use at home. He uses the DNA of people that he works with and that he feels abused for his own amusement based on his favorite TV show, which was similar to Star Trek. I thought that was genius. The cloned program avatars in this program want to retaliate, but cannot because Daly has become a god in his own game. They realize that they cannot get out of his world with the help of the outside world, the one person that was recently added to the game, basically showing us that even in a cyber world like Tron, those self-aware programs will resist as well. They get revenge on Daily as he once did on his co-workers. In his case, they were only real in the real world. But in the world in which he created in the game, they were not real to him. When they find a way to rid themselves of him in theirs, he suffers in the real world from his own actions, resulting in his own death or deletion, if you think of it that way. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, they got revenge on him. 
It's like he was getting revenge on them. Next, hi, Reem and Sean. Most of my thoughts have been covered, but I wanted to reiterate that I think this cast is the best there is on TV right now. The kids could have been terrible. Wait, oh, this is Dan- uh, Stranger Things. Sorry, I email, right? Made a note on that. Yeah, it's a Stranger Things yeah. email. I promise everybody okay. I'm going to throw in their feedback, so I went ahead and put this in there too. Yeah, Sorry. cool. I was just like, I don't remember the kids. There was just one, and he got flushed out the airlock. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't have much chance to shine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let me rethink, you know, set my head here. The kids could have been terrible. Instead, they're brilliant, are the heart of the show, and more than hold their own with their older co-stars. I can't say enough about how incredible Noah Schnapp was. It's a shame he hasn't been recognized for any individual awards. Here's hoping they repeat the SAG Awards this year. My favorite aspect of season two, besides Mike and Elle, I can't even are all the new pairings, Steve and Dustin. They're comic gold and pull at the heartstrings at the same time. I agree, by the way. I I, that, I mm-hmm. loved all the segments with Steve and Dustin in season two. Yeah, those um, were awesome. I, I really liked season two better than season one of, of Stranger Things, but um, it was fun to listen, listen along with all you guys. Elle and Hopper, I love their relationship because it is redeeming of both their past by giving them family that they lost. I also loved Joyce and Bob. Oh, Bob. <laughs> I think he gave much levity and happiness to, to her. R.I.P. Bob Newby. Thanks for highlighting one of my favorite scenes that makes me tear up every time, Mike confronting Hopper. Mike has always been my favorite of the kids, even though he didn't have a lot to do this season and acted like a total jerk most of the time. Finn Wolfhard was great at playing an angry, heartbroken, traumatized kid who doesn't know how to deal with witnessing everything Will goes through without being able to stop it or losing Elle, the girl he loves. The scene with Hopper beautifully showcased all of this. I love that it begins with him yelling at Hopper and ends with him sobbing in Hopper's arms. Yeah, they're all good. Uh, who's your favorite as far as who do you think is the best actor? Unless you don't want to say. Oh, probably Hopper. What about from the kids? Probably Noah Schnapp. I think he did really good in this season, the second season. Oh, I think it's between, for me, Noah Schnapp and Gatton Montezaro. Wait, wait. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love Dustin. But for me, I thought Will, he, he did so good this year. Yeah, Noah Schnapp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. He, he was outstanding. I was heartbroken for him. Yeah. Like it or not. Hopper is going to have a lot to navigate with Mike and Elle since their relationship is more than a passing teenage relationship. I think Hopper handles Mike's anger and pain so well. Hopefully their relationship will get a chance to develop next season as Mike could use a more positive father figure in his life. By the way, no matter how much you praise it, I will never watch the new movie, even though Finn Wolfhard is in it. I feel the, the way about it that you do about The Exorcist. I saw it in middle school and it terrified me. I had to change the channel anytime the preview came on. Oh, Amy, you <laughs> you gotta watch it. It's so good. And yeah. um, the thing about it is, it's not um, it's not like the '90s miniseries. It's much more like a Steven Spielberg movie that has some scariness in it, but mm-hmm. it's got a lot of heart. If you love heart. Stranger Things, I think you yeah. would like it. It's like Stranger Things, and. Uh, uh, Sean and I actually did a did a podcast about that, and we yes. had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, a good one. <laughs> uh, just an episode, but anyway, she goes on. I just started watching Black Mirror, so I was really excited to hear that you're covering it next. I can't wait to watch season four alongside you. Thanks for everything, Amy. Well, thanks, Amy. 
thank you, hey, Amy. Where, yeah. Do you think we should send her like some balloons? Uh, <laughs> as a thank you. <laughs> hey, you should come down here in the sewer with us. <laughs> we all float, float down, down here. here. <laughs> yeah, I'll float down here. Yeah. Yeah. You'll float too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the feedback that we get from everyone. Everyone always has such great things to say and I read them and I go, oh, God, I didn't think of it like that. So I love um everything that you guys say. So thank you so much for taking the time um and giving us some feedback and uh giving us some interesting new perspective on our shows. Yeah, thanks everybody. All right, so next week we'll be covering the second episode from season four of Black Mirror titled Archangel. Mm -hmm. That one's the one that's um, not spoiler or description, but was the one directed by Jodie Foster, right? It was, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm interested. I think that's going to be a good one because I love her. So. So we're really excited for you to visit Black Mirror with us until – and until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like these guys on Facebook at facebook.com slash Stranger TCast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like hmm, that new Westworld podcast. <laughs> eventually. <that laughs> eventually. Stay tuned. We'll announce it as well because I cannot wait. You're going to hear me talk all about it. Um, so you can find that at, at podcastica.com. So go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on the Apple Podcast. Make sure to check out Sean on his other awesome podcast, The Language of Bromance, comes out every Sunday. That's that's a really good show. I was actually mm-hmm. a guest on it. Rima, have you ever been a guest on there? Well, you know, I was just getting ready to mention that. I don't think I've been asked <laughs> yet. yet. And I'm, I'm oh, we're gonna, that's we're gonna have to make some plans and get that going. <laughs> I know we're gonna have to think of something <laughs> fun to do. I can't wait um to to do that. So yeah, I'm anxiously awaiting my invitation. I'm I'm at the snowball dancing all along. <laughs> Jason's coming over is like, you know what? <laughs> of all the podcasters at Podcastica, you're my favorite. <laughs> Have you ever had a girl on the language of bromance? Uh, we had Karen. She's the only one that's been on. There. Oh, that's right. Yeah, my one of my best friends. <laughs> I'd be happy to um, be in her good company as another female on language of bromance. We'll get it. We'll get it going. We'll get something going there. Well, it's 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 out there now. You can't go back. <laughs> we'll see if this all this makes it into the episode. Yeah, I'm I'm writing down minute marks right now to edit out. Let's see. <laughs> well, uh, before we close it out, um, you know, Jason always has to have us do this before we say goodbye. So, are you ready, Rima? For he's a jolly good fellow. <laughs> jolly good fellow. For he's a jolly good fellow. <laughs> uh huh. Keep going. For he's a jolly good fellow. Oh my fuck. oh my fuck (laughs) alright well that's our episode uh, 18 USS Callister until next time I'm Raymond and I'm Sean and I'm Jason and Luis Guerrero is strange indeed don't break your phone He's a jolly good fellow, but he's a jolly good fellow.
So say, oh my fuck. <laughs>